Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rivardo, joined by my co-host, Alex Wilson, and the New York Giants are playing the Los Angeles Rams tomorrow on New Year's Eve. There's only two games left in this regular season, and then it's time to rebuild this roster, and we know one of the main priorities for general manager Joe Shane this offseason will be fixing the New York Giants' offensive line. It's not going to be easy for them. This offensive line is a disaster, has let up the most sacks in the NFL this season, and it's been a problem for years and years. But how do the Giants finally fix this problem? What is the solution to fixing this offensive line? What can they do in this offseason to make sure that in 2024, the quarterback that's manning the New York Giants is no longer on his face or on his back every other play for the entirety of the game? What can they do? Well, we're going to go ahead and discuss what they can do, some of the ways that they can fix this offensive line this offseason in today's episode. But before we dive into all that, make sure to like if you do enjoy this episode, subscribe to the channel if you are new, ring the bell so you don't miss an episode, comment your thoughts on the topics down below in the comment section. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. But without further ado, Alex, how are you doing today, my friend? And what are your thoughts on how the New York Giants can fix their offensive line this offseason? I'm doing pretty good. And, you know, this is always a good topic of discussion because we know the Giants will not be a good football team until their offensive line is at least competent at a peewee level. Um, Obviously, we've seen their inability to develop young talent. We've seen their inability to find free agent acquisitions. We've seen their inability to basically put together anything semblance, you know, resembling a quality line or at least a competent one. The, the few times that we've seen the Giants have a competent performance, just a singular performance every now and again, you know, like seeing a shooting star, they have a good game offensively. So, you know, a lot of people will point to, you know, this is why we got to stick with Daniel Jones. This is why we got to do this. And I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole because we've done it many times. So let's talk about the offensive line and what needs to happen for them to actually have a unit that we can look at every single Sunday and say, we think this team can actually win this game. Instead of running around for their lives and you needing Tyrod Taylor to literally just escape the pocket or Tommy DeVito to run away or Daniel Jones to use his legs, we need to be able to throw from the pocket and operate a, a functioning passing attack. And that's the only way to win in today's NFL. Um, unless you have a Patrick Mahomes that can run around for 30 seconds and find a guy 60 yards downfield wide open. And, and even he's struggling right now without a guy like Tyreek Hill to throw that ball 60, years, 60 yards downfield to. Um, the, the first and most important thing for the Giants is not signing or drafting anybody. It is finding the best coach they can get. The best coach paying whatever they want. Come out of retirement. I don't even care. Whoever that coach is, the Giants need to do everything in their power to lock him down for the next couple of years. The Giants aren't going anywhere until they get a coach that can actually develop players on the offensive line and breed cohesion. This this offensive line, as you guys have seen, and Anthony, you could probably attest, they lack communication, they lack chemistry, and they lack leadership. All three of those variables are at a massive deficiency. Um, the only guy that I know will show up every week is Andrew Thomas. He's the only one I know will compete and play well every single week. Evan Neal, pretty much 100% guarantee he's going to stink. John Michael Schmitz is a rookie, so I understand that he is going through his adversity and hurdles as a young player. I think he will get better. I really think that this kid is special, and he's going to be really solid. And I, and for what it's worth, I don't blame him all the time. Every single week, he has a new freaking guard playing next to him. So it's like you're having a lack of chemistry and development there. Like Obviously, it's, being cor- it's correlated to that. 
You know, Ben Bredesen is not a traditional right guard. He's a left guard. And Justin Pugh's a bad football player. Like, he's not good. He's a good leader. He's a good reserve. He's a good depth piece. But he is not a starting level talent. And if you think otherwise, I have a whole list of stats to show you that says he is a liability in the trenches for us as a starter. I love having him as a depth piece. Absolutely. He can play left tackle if you need it as an emergency. Play both guard spots. He can play right. You know, you can throw him anywhere you want. But he's a depth piece. That's what he needs to be. So if you're the Giants, the number one priority to me, getting a better coach. And I imagine that's kind of where you want to segue into one of your key points in this in terms of developing young talent. It needs to start with better coaching. It does need to start with better coaching, and I'll give you the exact reason why, and it's because the New York Giants have invested more into their offensive line than any other team in the NFL. Here's some of the stats on that. Over the last four years, the Giants have drafted more offensive linemen in the top 10 than any other team. They account for 25% of the top 10 offensive linemen picks, and they are the only team to spend five top 100 picks on their offensive line in the last four years. Some of those names that come to mind, of course, Andrew Thomas. You've also got John Michael Schmitz, who you mentioned, Alex. You've got Evan Neal. You've got Josh Azito who was a top 100 pick. The Giants have tried to fix this offensive line through the draft. They've tried to build it through the draft. But there's something to be said about drafting talent drafting offensive linemen and then developing offensive linemen and that's where the Giants are going wrong they're not doing the wrong thing by drafting these players I don't think that they're bad at scouting I don't think that they're drafting bad players Evan Neal looked like a great player coming out of Alabama he was a great prospect he had all the tools and traits he looked like he was born and built to play offensive tackle at the next level however He's looked quite the opposite ever since he joined the New York Giants. He looked like he had no idea what he's doing. And why is that? What's going wrong here with all these young offensive linemen that the Giants are drafting? In my opinion, it's a coaching problem. They're not developing these talents properly. And that's where they need to make their biggest change this upcoming season. Now, I know that the Giants under the last couple head coaches have really had a revolving door of offensive line coaches. You had Mark Colombo. You had Dave DeGuglielmo. Like, there's been a lot of different names carouseling around at the Giants offensive line coach spot. So maybe some fans are going to be a little bit apprehensive to the idea of once again changing that position. But I really think it's obvious if you watch the film on this season that the Giants are a poorly coached offensive line. It's not that they have just such a severe lack of talent because Look at the stature of some of these guys. Like, look at the way that John Michael Schmitz is built. He's built to play football at the NFL level. Evan Neal, you could say the same thing about him. Andrew Thomas, obviously. And then some of these other guys on the interior. But when you watch this team play, they don't know how to communicate. They can't see stunts to save their lives. And they have bad fundamentals and technique. And so that's where I say... They need a new coach to step in, rework some of that fun, that techniques, rework some of those fundamentals, and teach these guys how to pick up stunts, how to see these stunts, and play better football. It's really been a lack of development for the New York Giants part. It's not a lack of trying to fix the offensive line. They've been trying. They've been scouting and finding talent. They just haven't been developing that talent. You can't tell me that Josh Azidu doesn't have any talent, that Evan Neal didn't have any talent entering the NFL. It's just that this, the talents that those guys had it wasn't developed properly. They weren't taught exactly what they need to do to succeed. And honestly, I think that there's been some interesting decisions with the Giants coaching staff and with the players on this offensive line in terms of how their kick steps work, how their slides and the protections work, their callouts, pre-snap, all these different little nuances to play an offensive line that good coaches and good teams have down pat. The Giants just really struggle to do those small fundamental things. And I think that's really led to a lot of the struggles on the offensive line. So for me, do I want to see the New York Giants draft an offensive lineman at the top of the upcoming draft? No, I don't. I don't think it makes sense. They've invested a lot of draft capital into top offensive linemen. A lot of talent on the offensive line 
line has been added to this Giants roster over the past four seasons. Just none of it has been properly developed. So the main priority for the New York Giants is to develop these young talents. They need these young players to take a step forward. They need John Michael Schmitz to take a huge step forward in 2024. He is the center of the offensive line, the quarterback of the offensive line. He's the guy that communicates directly with the quarterback behind him and calls out the protections and calls out where the blitzer is and which way they're going to slide. That's all on the duties of the center. So John Michael Schmitz is really the key here for the New York Giants offensive line taking a step forward, but I don't feel confident or comfortable in his ability to take that step forward unless the Giants start coaching and developing him better. And I think that requires a new offensive line coach to come in and make some serious changes. No disrespect to Bobby Johnson. I don't have any problems with the guy. I liked the hiring at the time. I thought that it was a little bit of a a chancy hiring because I thought it was a bold one. It could have gone really well, could have maybe rubbed some players the wrong way. He has a nickname Dirtbag. He's a very intense coach. I think that they took a good chance there with Bobby Johnson and it didn't work out. So now the New York Giants need to go into this offseason. Brian Dable needs to reevaluate his coaching staff, see where he hit. Defensive side of the ball, defensive line. Look at that. Andre Patterson. That was a hit. Perfect hiring. Offensive side of the ball, offensive line. That's somewhere that the New York Giants can find a lot of room for improvement. I think Bobby Johnson probably gets the axe this offseason. It's not even a scapegoat thing. I don't think that he's getting scapegoated for the lack of development of Evan Neal. Evan Neal had talent entering this team, entering this league. It's really just a lack of development, in my opinion. I think that the Giants, in many ways, have ruined a couple of these young offensive linemen with the way that they've chosen to handle them. A lot of the offensive line rotations that they had mid-games. You got one guard starting, but he's only playing half the snaps. What are we doing here? Never understood that. I know some of that's a Brian Dable decision. Never liked those decisions, but a lot of that is also Bobby Johnson and the way that he likes to develop these players. I didn't agree with it, and I don't agree um, with Bobby Johnson maintaining his status as the offensive line coach. So, Alex, I know that you've talked about this a lot, too, in recent episodes. You've said that the Giants need to take a Brinks truck, back it up on the best offensive line coach they can find. Just go get the best coach possible. Imagine you still feel that way, but how do you think that that will affect some of those young offensive linemen, like a Josh Azito, who has definitely had his confidence shaken after a rough start to this season, was forced into the lineup, didn't play well, but you also got younger guys who it's like, it's not too late to save a John Michael Schmitz. He doesn't have to sink with the rest of the ship, right? You could still find a good coach to develop his talents and some of these other guys and really find a way to to help those guys just take this step finally. I think that's going to be the main priority for the Giants is finding an offensive line coach that can hone in on these talents for these young guys and really get them to take those developmental steps forward. Absolutely. I mean, look, I I have plenty of hope for John Michael Schmitz. And the reason, the, the main reason isn't so much about him going down with a sinking ship in the offensive line coaching, but more so because I think that he's got what it takes personally to be great. You know, you look at Andrew Thomas, like he personally went and got the got it done. You know, uh, John Michael Schmitz has a really great pre pregame repertoire, or, you know, routine rather. Um, you know, he does all the right things. I think he takes really good care of his body. I think, you know, this is a young player with substantial upside. He has a really good floor. His floor is an average level center, but his upside is a, is a well above, I'd say not well above, but a pretty decently high high above above average center um and i think this is a really good player that really just needs experience he's young guys i think he's like what 22 23 years old like he's still really young he might be even younger than that 23 so you know when i look at jms i see a player that you know has the tangible qualities and the intangibles the he's extremely intelligent um to be a great player and i think that right now you look at what the giants can do and get him, getting him a really good coach it not only helps him, but helps everybody. But here's another thing that I think would be really good for not just JMS, but the entire line. Signing a veteran. 
Um, I think they need to sign a veteran offensive guard to support their youth, right? A, a guy that has experience, a guy that's a leader, a guy that brings guys together, a guy that comes out every single week and kicks ass. To me, that's Kevin Zeitler. I would love to bring Kevin Zeitler back. Another guy's Robert Hunt, another guy that you really like. So, you know, there are there are plenty of veteran guards on the market that are really freaking good. And you take one of those guys and you plug him right in at right guard. And what does that do for you? Think about what a really good veteran experienced right guard does for you. It helps John Michael Schmitz and it helps whatever right tackle you're going to go with. So that right guard position, in my opinion, I think you can survive with Ben Bredesen and, and Andrew Thomas at left guard and, and left tackle. I, I mean, obviously, Andrew Thomas is great at left tackle. But the left guard position, I think that Ben Bredesen, says you could survive with him there. I also think that what you're going to probably suggest is move Evan Neal to left guard and see if he can compete there alongside Ben Bredesen. See if he can win that job. Um, I also think that's more than fine. Have that, have him cross-train. You bring in another right tackle. I don't know who that's going to be. It's a really thin market. You know, you look at, like, Jonah Williams is a good option, but he's not a very good player. Like, he's okay. He's, like, an average player, but he's better than Evan Neal. So there's that. And also, he's healthy. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, you could look in the direction of more of, like, a, a stopgap. Like, Jonah Williams, you find that, like, much better option. But even average, is, we can sustain. We can survive with average. You go get Robert Hunt. You go get Kevin Zeitler. You could probably get Kevin Zeitler and Jonah Williams and survive with that. And then some. Um, and then, you know, some people will say, how about Olufashanu? How about, you know, Alt from Notre Dame? Like, those are obviously great options in the draft. And, yeah, the Giants could go that direction. Um, but in my opinion, personally, I would go for Jonah Williams and I'd go for Kevin Zeitler and I'd draft a quarterback. And I think you're going to be in a much better spot. And then you can let Evan Neal develop. The pressure's off him to be super, like, you know, to be great right now. We can take his steps forward, go at his pace, win the job, not just be given the job. And I think right now, if, if Ryan Dable has done anything that we need to stand by, it's the fact that he continues to say, or maybe he needs to stand by, that nobody's being given jobs now. Everyone's got to earn their way. And Evan Neal has been given this job. He has not earned it. So I feel that right now, he's got to stand by that statement and say, Evan Neal, man, we're bringing in a guy to compete with you. And he's better than you right now. So if you want to play, you want to start on this team at right tackle, you better step the hell up and win that job. Um, and I think that ultimately, like, best case scenario, yes, the Giants spend some money on a guy like Jonah Williams, and he loses out because Evan Neal takes a massive step forward. That's a good scenario to be in. You know, that's fine. Now you have Jonah Williams who can play both left tackle, right tackle is a really high-end backup. Like, screw it. Why not? You know what I mean? They got to throw money in it. And then if you get the quarterback, guys, you get the quarterback at the same time, you take the out and Daniel Jones contract after 2024, you have a ton of available salary space that you can invest more money in the offensive line. Um, and that's kind of how I look at it right now. It, use some money. Throw some money. You're, you never really know what you're going to get in, in the draft. You know, Fashanu, Alt, they're left tackles. They may not be good at right tackle. Who knows? Um, I know some people will want to draft one. That's totally fine. You know, obviously you're – you you can have your opinion. I respect that for sure. But you know, what are you what are your thoughts about getting the starting off with a really good right guard to help lock down JMS, give him some consistency and experience, but also support the right tackle position because I think that's an underrated narrative. Sure, I, I I could see that. You know, like helping out at right guard, you get a good right guard that helps you at center and that helps your right tackle. But for me personally, I think that going into free agency and finding a right tackle that's just average to above, that's the move here. You you fortify that position and you hope that Evan Neal pans out at left guard, as you mentioned. You knew that I was going to bring that up. I think that Evan Neal at left guard makes the most sense. I don't think right guard makes sense for him. A lot of fans might think he's a right tackle, just move him one spot over to right guard. That's really not the best case for him because if you look at Evan Neal's entire career history before he was with the New York Giants, 
He started off his career at Alabama at left guard, moved to right tackle for a year, and then dominated at left tackle at Alabama. So he's clearly more comfortable on the left side of the offensive line, in my opinion, because he has never looked comfortable on the right side for the New York Giants. And then you look at all of Evan Neal's flaws. A lot of them would be masked by playing on the interior. His slow feet, his inability to gain enough depth on his kick step and get in front of speed rushers. Those problems for Evan Neal could be fixed by playing the guard position. So in my opinion, you stick him in there at left guard next to Andrew Thomas. Hopefully playing alongside Andrew Thomas masks some of the other flaws of Evan Neal and helps him play better. And He's got a really good left tackle next to him, so a lot of his mistakes can be covered up by the fact that Andrew Thomas is a great player. And then you've got John Michael Schmitz to the right side of Evan Neal. I think that's your solution there. Obviously, let's see what happens with this fracture in Evan Neal's ankle. They might not even consider him as part of their plans in the offseason. They might just kind of address the offensive line as if Evan Neal doesn't exist because, first of all, you can't count on him being a starter next year. The job is not his. Second of all, who knows if he's fully healthy by the time the regular season rolls around. So it's possible the Giants go into this offseason. They look at tackle slash guard as, one, as maybe their biggest need, number one, paramount to the rest because they don't consider Evan Neal as part of their current plans because um, it is hard to plan around a really bad player that is hurt. So I think there's a chance that the Giants just go out there and try and replace him altogether. Um, but if they don't, I think that Neal at left guard is where he fits in. I think that's where he makes sense. But that opens up a huge gaping hole at the right tackle position that the New York Giants need to address. And again, I think that you address it through free agency. You get somebody who's at least average, stopgap, a bridge player for a season or two who can give you starting quality snaps there. And then you have a good three players on the offensive line that you can count on. You got John Michael Schmitz, Andrew Thomas, and then whichever right tackle you sign. And then like you mentioned, getting a good right guard, that would be great, but it's almost like a luxury signing. If the New York Giants do go after a player like Robert Hunt, who I've been banging the table for, I think that that should be their top priority. Go after Robert Hunt, veteran right guard, one of the best in the NFL. I mean, you are talking about spending about $18 million per season on the right guard position. The Giants don't have much money left to spend after that if they want to sign a player like Saquon Barkley to an extension, plus a Robert Hunt, what do they have then? $10 million to spend on the rest of their free agents? Not so easy. If they want to bring in Xavier McKinney on an extension, plus Saquon Barkley, plus Robert Hunt, I don't know if they can afford all three of those players without making some significant changes to their salary cap. So it's going to be tough to sign one of those top-end players on the market. Would I love the Giants to do it? Should they make signing Robert Hunt a priority? In my opinion, yes, they should. That would be the number one player that could transform this offensive line, help John Michael Schmitz, as you mentioned, Alex, and help take some pressure off of the right tackle. But really, altogether, they need to kind of build this thing evenly. They need to find a solid starter at right tackle, a solid starter at right guard, and not make a marquee sign in a free agency a Patrick Omame level player. I do think that the Giants need to swing for the fences here. They need to get somebody who's really, really good in free agency to just kind of plug in and hope that he makes that big of an impact on your offensive line because... Listen, the Giants have some young talents, like you mentioned um, with the entire coaching staff and Bobby Johnson, the problems here on the offensive line coach. I think that there are some players behind some of our starters, like a Josh Azito and a Marcus McKethan. Their potential is still unknown. We haven't scratched the surface of their talent just yet. All they got to do this season was get thrown in there at like three different positions at a time while there was a bunch of injuries, basically playing in the middle of a burning house. That's what you saw Josh Azito and Marcus McKethan doing. Now, what if we give Marcus McKethan and Josh Azito proper coaching and we let them develop into starting roles, maybe they play at least average 
performances next season. Maybe they're at least average players and they develop into something. So I still think that there's talent on this offensive line and the Giants haven't fully ex- extracted the talent that's there for them. But if you really look at it, the majority of the players that they have, they are on the interior. You've got John Michael Schmitz, a young player developing on the interior, McKethan, Azidu. I'm starting to consider Evan Neal as a guard in my own right just because I don't think he'll ever succeed at tackle. I think that the top talents on this Giants team outside of Andrew Thomas uh, on the offensive line, they are in the interior. So what do they need to do in my opinion? They need to address the right tackle spot. I think that needs to be a huge priority for the Giants. Again, I'm not in favor of drafting an offensive tackle at the top of this class. First of all, both Olufashanu and Joe Alt, those guys are left tackles. We just went through this with Evan Neal. I am a little hesitant to say draft another left tackle, move him to the right side. It doesn't always work. We're seeing that with Evan Neal. Now, would Evan Neal have succeeded at left tackle? No, that's not what I'm saying. But even still, Joe Alt, Fashanu, those players making that transition in their rookie year, they are not improving this offensive line from day one. Those guys are going to have rookie growing pains. Olufashanu is one of the best pass-protecting offensive tackles to come out in the past five years. He's going to struggle in his first season. Every rookie offensive tackle does. The only way that the New York Giants improve their offensive line over one offseason is to sign a player that you know is going to give you quality snaps. So the Giants have to build this offensive line, the rest of it now, through free agency. In my opinion, they have already built the base layer of this offensive line through the draft. Andrew Thomas and John Michael Schmitz, that's two of your five starters right there built through the draft. Find the other two to three that you need through free agency if you have to. Get some stopgap guys, some bridge guys, and continue to develop the Josh Azidus and Marcus McKethans of the world that you have behind those players. So I really think that the Giants are almost halfway there. I wouldn't call them halfway there or even above halfway, but I think they're almost halfway to building a competent offensive line. But again, it's really about developing and finding some plug-and-play starters that make an impact this year. And I imagine you feel the same way as me, Alex. I don't think that there's much value that's going to be extracted in 2024 from a rookie. Maybe in 2025 and 26, that rookie will sure, sure, he'll turn on the heat and he'll turn into a player that gives you tremendous value. But you need to find players that give you impactful play in 2024 because the Giants, they don't have time to wait. They need this offensive line to turn things around immediately. It needs to show improvement next season. And I imagine you agree with me. The only way to make that happen is to go out there and sign some good players in free agency. And I know there's a lot of names that we mentioned, Alex, but really it's just about finding some of those guys, finding some talents, somebody that you can plug and play. Um, who are some of the plug and play guys that you're thinking of? I know you mentioned Jonah Williams, a few others. I'll throw out George Fant for you. He's a 31-year-old. I think he'd come cheap. He lasted in free agency until after the draft of last season, but he's having kind of a resurgent year for the Houston Texans this season, formerly with the New York Jets. That's another player, but really just generally speaking, I think that we're in agreement. You got to build the rest of this thing through free agency because the Giants do have a solid crop of young talent still developing on their offensive line. Yeah, I mean, look, the the truth is this. There are going to be some, you know, cheaper. That's why I keep pointing to Kevin Zeidler, by the way, because he's older, but he's still very good. He's not going to get multiple years. Maybe we'll get a two-year deal, and no one's going to overpay. Uh, for Zeitler because he's getting to that point where like the anticipation is he will see a drop off due to age, but I still think he can be an above average guard for us for two years. And you know you give him give him a, a two year twenty million dollar deal, give him ten mil per year. 
lock it down, man. Lock Kevin Zeitler in. That's a really good price for a really good, a really good guard, a guy that's going to open up your running game, open up your passing game. And if you're going to draft a quarterback, you better be signing players. You know, you better be acquiring some good veteran, experienced offensive linemen. And we know who Kevin Zeitler is. He's a leader. He's a bulldog. He's a freaking consistent guy, and he stays healthy. And like, we need guys just like that. So, you know, right now, in my opinion, I feel like the Giants have a good opportunity to turn this thing around. Is it possible that they draft a quarterback and reinforce the offensive line? A hundred percent. They can do both. But let's let's also, you know, assume the fact that, you know, it's, it might cost a lot to improve the offensive line. And ultimately, the Giants, if they do draft somebody, will be their third top 10 offensive line draft in the last four years. It's not sustainable, guys. You can't build teams like that. Um, and the truth is, what does that tell you? tells you that the coaching has been pretty poor because we've invested a lot of, of resources into the offensive line over the last couple of years. It should not be this bad. Like the reason it's this bad is because of coaching and you can't, there's no other reason. Like there is, that is it. There's the, these guys are talented. Like Evan Neal is talented. John Michael Schmitz is talented. The fact that these guys can't even like, I mean, not JMS. JMS has had his inconsistent. He's a rookie. I'm going to leave it at that. But the fact that Evan Neal hasn't even put together like two games that have been like, whoa, okay, this guy's got a lot of promise. It's been like one game, and then you're like, okay, where did that guy go? And even the one game is not that good. He's too talented to be this bad. Like, that's my take. Um, so right now I'm kind of looking at the coaching and where they need to improve. Like, that's where my focus kind of obviously uh, kind of harps on. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. I think that coaching is paramount for a lot of NFL players, for a lot of NFL positions, but offensive line in particular, that's somewhere. I mean, let's take a look at, say, the Indianapolis Colts. I think that's a really good example where you saw them build a tremendous offensive line through both the draft and free agency, Quentin Nelson being obviously the headliner over there. But then last year, that offensive line fell apart. Even Quentin Nelson had a bad year. They fire their head coach, bring in a new head coach, bring in a new offensive coordinator, new offensive line coach. Once again, the Colts have a really good offensive line. I think that was something that showed me and it showed a lot of NFL fans coaching really does matter, particularly on the offensive line. Like you can have all pro talents like Quentin Nelson completely fall off if there's a change to the coaching staff. But sometimes you get that good coach right back in there. You know, you make that replacement, make that change and it fixes everything. And you see those talents develop and you see those guys who were really good that weren't playing as well return to form. So for me, New York Giants, number one priority, the first thing they do this offseason, I'm not sure what they do with Mike Kafka, but the number one thing that I know that they need to do is find a new offensive line coach. Unfortunately, I just don't think Bobby Johnson is the guy for the position. Whatever he's doing there, it's not resonating with the New York Giants talent on their roster. And again, I'd hate to see some of these young players, Neil, Azidu, McKethan, uh, John Michael Schmitz, I'd hate to see their talents go to waste because of poor coaching. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And of course, as we get closer to the offseason, we'll start to hear some rumors. We'll see if the Giants fire Bobby Johnson. We'll, we'll see who they're looking at as potential replacements. And of course, we're going to update you on all that stuff right here on Fireside Giants. So make sure to leave a like if you did enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode. And comment your thoughts on the topic down below in the comment section. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. And go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. But without further ado, we'll catch you all in the next one. Have a good one. And let's go Giants. Thank you.